morning, y'all. Welcome to the bridge. Man, thank you, Andy, for welcoming us. Thank you, band and Beth, for leading us in music. We're pumped about today. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for being here today. Um, We have a few people here from Spokane, Washington, that have come to help us launch, and we're thankful for them. Um, One of them was our drummer this morning. Um, I took them to run my nets this week, and um, I had Phil, who was drumming in the boat with me, and I was dumping fish into my boat, and they were all just falling in there, and Phil's kind of scared of them. He's a little bit of a yuppie. He's a whole lot of a yuppie. And, and fish are falling in the boat, and Phil just goes, man, this is stupid. <laughs> so a little bit of Spokane, you know, they, they, they're not, Phil's not crazy about everything Delta, but we're glad they're here, and uh, man, they love the Lord Jesus, and, and they're excited about what God's doing in wind today. Have you ever been invited to somebody's house for a meal and you're nervous about what they're fixing? Some of y'all got that alpha gal stuff. You can't eat no mammal. I feel sorry for y'all. I haven't been. Like when somebody invites me over to their house and they got PBJ, PB&J sandwiches and Pringles, I'm good. If they fixing squirrel, rock on. <laughs> Pizza, hey, crawfish bowl, I'm all in. You know, I know y'all looked up here and y'all said, I bet Dustin's a picky eater. <laughs> like that was probably y'all's first thought. But I'm going to shock you and tell you I'm not that picky. Like whatever you got, I'm going to eat. You can invite me over. I mean, that's my invitation for you to have me over from anything from PB&J to ribeye. I'm good. Beth is a little pickier. She's a little bit of a picky eater. But she's not near as picky as Selah is, our our youngest daughter. Selah survives off of Nutella sandwiches and Lunchables. Like, that's how she lives so we get a little nervous when people invite, like, what, what's she going to say if they put something in front of her? And I don't like this, you know. She's going to be kind of rude. But um, she, I, I'm not picky. You, I'm, I'm good. But if I go to a restaurant and I hadn't eaten all day, which that, that doesn't happen. But if I go to a restaurant and I sit down and I order a 16-ounce ribeye, or for y'all alpha-gal people, a small chicken filet. (laughs) And the waitress takes my order, and she goes back to the deal, and she just bebops back up to the table with a PB&J sandwich. We got a problem, right? I I don't mind PB&J, but if I ordered a steak, and I'm fixing to pay... For a steak, I ain't eating PB&J. You know what I mean? When I'm invited to somebody's house and, and it's free, I'll eat whatever. 
But if I ordered a steak at a restaurant and I'm paying, I need my steak. Let's take it a step further. If, if, somebody, if somebody came to me and they, they handed over the keys to a Prius and they said, Dustin, I want you to have this Prius, that's not really my jam. But if they said, hey, this is your Prius, I'm going to say, praise the Lord, thank you very much. We're going to put it in the garage, and Lainey's got a new car when she turns 16. (laughs) I'm not griping. But if I went to Chris Ross up at Ross Ford, and I went back to his office, and I said, hey, Chris, man, I want the biggest redneck truck y'all got. I want an F-950. <laughs> Tinted windows, electric, everything. I want heated and cooled seats so my hiney does not ever get below or over 70 degrees in my truck. I want to pull up in the car rider line at wind school and all them people that's been waiting there since 140 just kind of scoots out of my way and they say, come on, Dustin, you have my spot, man. I want the pipes so redneck loud that it scares babies when I crank my truck. I want a bad truck. I want them old co-op grip spurs on it that when it hits the highway, wah, 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 wah. I want a bad truck. And we make the deal and we sit down and I sign all the papers and I pay cash like nobody ever does but I I pay cash the whole thing's covered and I walk outside and I'm looking for my big bat it probably says something crazy like carnivore on the eyebrow of the front glass and then the bridge church to baptize it you know make it holy on the back glass And I'm looking for my truck, and Chris bebops around with a bicycle. Do I bust up on the bicycle and start riding or say, Nah, bro. I'm not going to roll out with a bicycle. When I done paid for big, bad, redneck truck. Sometimes, y'all... Um, a lot of times when we, when we talk about salvation, we talk about it as a free gift. And in a sense, salvation is a free gift, meaning that you cannot earn salvation. You cannot do enough good things to be, become right with God. You can't counterbalance your bad things with good things to become right with God. Your only hope is to place your faith, hope, and trust in the gift of salvation found in Jesus Christ. And in that sense, it's a free gift. But, 1 Corinthians, Paul says to a church, you were bought with a price. Because salvation is a free gift does not mean that Jesus has not earned the right to have expectations on those who follow him. 
And those two stories I just told, the, the one story, you, you take what you get because it's free, but in the other story, there's expectations because there's been a payment made. And in salvation, yes, it's a free gift. We put our hope in Jesus Christ. But, but when they stretched out Jesus' arms and, and wrapped it around a pole and tied him up and they beat his flesh until it came off of him and then they shoved a crown of thorns on his head and they put a cross on his shoulder and he walked it up a hill and they shoved it in the ground and they stretched out his hands and they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross and they shoved a spear in his side and they spit on him and, and, and they, they humiliated him. There was a transaction made. And he earned the right to have expectation on those who have put their faith in his blood. This morning, I'm going to share a message with you. And and I want you to understand that I, I am convinced that sometimes people are living defeated lives because they've prayed a prayer and they started going to church but they've never really asked Jesus, Jesus what do you expect from me? Jesus what do you want from me? And, and when we never ask King Jesus what he wants from us, we begin to walk in these defeated lives. We, we, we begin to walk um, away from Jesus, and, and, and following him's not as fun, it's not as joyful, it's kind of miserable. But when we say, Jesus, what do you expect from me? My life is a blank check for you. And we begin to do the things that he did and do the things he's commanded us to do. There is this thing called abundant life. He's promised it all throughout scripture. And when we follow him in his expectations, he gives those who follow him, follow him abundant, incredible life. If you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 6 in your Bibles. We're fixing to walk through a series from the book of 1 John called A Life Like No Other. And that's the whole point. What I just described to you is the whole point of what we're about to walk through. We, we want the people of the Bridge Church to not be living Miserable Christian lives where they're against everything. You ever been around a Christian that's just against everything? Nobody, I mean, they make themselves and everybody else miserable. We don't, we don't want to do that. We want to be followers of Jesus that are for him and his work. We're going to walk through this series out of 1 John, but I'm going to introduce it out of Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, and and the thing we're going to talk about is is actually our strategy at the Bridge Church. I want to open up some doors for you. These are the things that, that, that we want our people to be doing. The title of the message is Up, In, and Out. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. If you've got one of these Bibles from the side, it's on page 586. 
there's three principles in these verses that I want you to see. Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 12. During those days, he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he summoned his disciples and he chose 12 of them whom he named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who who became a traitor. After coming down with them, he stood on a level place with a large crowd of his disciples and a great number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those tormented by unclean spirits were made well. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. The first thing I want, us, I want you to see from this passage I want you to see the life of Jesus, and I, I want you to see his strategy of life. And, and it's all in these, in these few verses. Just, it's, it's all together, and it's so cool to me. And the, the first one is in verse 12, and, and that principle is up. Up. Jesus, the creator God, went out to a mountain by himself, and the Bible says he prayed all night long. To align his heart with the heart of the Father. Now this is Jesus, the Son of God, the actual creator God that was present in the creation of the world, speaking planets into creation. And and he, he walks to a mountain by himself to pray and align his heart with God. Friends, I, I need you to know that you will never be a healthy, secure follower of Jesus until you, you begin to set aside time to align your heart with His. It'll never happen. In a few minutes, the, the, the in and the out are, are kind of about doing, and, and the up is about knowing. We're going we're gonna to talk about the doing in a little bit. But, but why this is so important is you can know the principles of God and not do them, but you cannot do the principles of God if you don't know them. Crazy, crazy important that one of the principles we follow in a healthy relationship with Jesus is we're growing in our up. We're asking God, what do you want from me in my life? Because, friends, if, if we're not asking God what he wants from me, we're probably living for another spirit that is not his. If we're not allowing Jesus to speak into our lives, we're probably controlling the game and we're trying to align him with who we are. We're trying to make Jesus white American country boy, when maybe that's not exactly who Jesus is. And we need to align Jesus, we need to align our hearts with his agenda. We don't need to be bringing Bible into our agenda. We crucify our agenda. And we say, Jesus, what's yours? 
you'll never be healthy. You'll never be a healthy, happy follower of Jesus Christ if you're not growing in your up. If you're not constantly asking God, what do you want from me? When I, when I walk through each of these principles, I want to give you an application from the bridge, and then I want to give you a personal application. The application from the bridge is like, I'm going to commit this to you as the bridge church. And then the personal a- application is this is how you can begin to apply this principle. The first bridge application is our Sunday morning worship hour. This is the way the bridge is going to apply the up. I want you to hear me say this. I need everybody to listen to this statement right here, please. The bridge church, I've, I've heard it said, and I'm, I'm as uncomfortable with it as I can possibly be, be, be. The bridge church is not Dustin's church. There's been a lot of folk put a lot of hard work and effort into what we're doing here, and I'm so thankful for them. They've, they've prayed, they've worked their, their tails off, uh, they've given financially to make the ministry of the bridge happen, but this is not their church. The bridge church is Jesus' church. He reigns in authority here, And my commitment to you is that when you come in here on a Sunday morning to a gathering at the Bridge Church, I'm not going to throw an agenda at you other than his. We're going to open up the Word of God. And I'm not the best teacher. I'm not the greatest speaker. I'm really a farmer and a net runner. That's about all I got. But we're going to open up the Scripture and I'm going to study. And whoever's speaking up here is going to study our cans off to find out what God is saying In his word, all tradition will be set aside, all of our agendas will be set aside, and we're going to follow Jesus because this is his church. This ain't Dustin's. And if somebody says that, you chew them out. Don't chew them out. You can correct them, though. If it was Dustin's church, I probably wouldn't come. Our commitment to Helping you with your up is Sunday morning worship time. Personal application. I want to beg you to choose to seek God out in his word. Seek him out in his word. Maybe your first step may need to be to get a Bible you can understand. There's there's a lot of talk about translation. Let, Let me tell you, let me tell you something really important about translation. It's, it's vital that when people translate the Bible from the old language to our language that they translate it in, in what it says back then. In, in the Greek and the Hebrew, that's very important. Just as important, though, is for you to be able to read it and understand God. You may need to get you a new Bible translation so you can hear from God. You don't need to ask me. He needs to be speaking to you through his word. A couple that I like is the CSB, that's what I preach out of, and the Holman Christian Standard Version, if you're looking for some. 
your personal application in the up is to seek out God in his word. The next thing I want you to see is in verses 13 through 16. We're not going to read it again, but you can go back and read it again if you want to. In those verses, Jesus calls his disciples just to be with him. He calls his disciples, all these disciples, and he chooses 12. And he, These are his close friends. In Mark chapter 3, somebody comes to him while he's teaching and he says, Hey, Jesus, your family's outside wanting to talk to you. And Jesus says, let me tell you something. My family, or my brothers and my sisters are those who hear the will of God and do it. He was talking about these men that were walking this journey with him. He called them family. And friends, if you trust Christ and I trust Christ, Jesus makes us brother and sister. He doesn't make us like brother and sister. He makes us brother and sister. We're family. Just as vital to knowing God and his word is relating to the people of God. We need each other. Jesus needed his apostles to be among him. He called his apostles just to be with him, to be family. You're never going to live a healthy, abundant life apart from the people of God. Listen to me. You cannot do it. You can listen to all the Francis Chan podcasts you want to. He is a great teacher, but you cannot obey the Bible entirely apart from the people of God. Cannot do it. It may not be this body that you need to connect with, but you need to connect with somewhere if you want to obey Scripture. Has to be done. The bridge application in this is our home groups. Uh, we have designed home groups that meet throughout the week, and, and most of the time when you go to a home group, uh, you're going to take what I teach on Sunday morning, and, and you're going to kind of go a little deeper with some discussion questions that are built around Sunday morning's message. But I don't want you to think those are second class. I feel like our Sunday morning gathering is more of a gathering of our home groups than our home groups being a split up of our Sunday morning gathering. These home groups are crucial to your life as a believer. These are, this is the way we've, de- we've designed, giving you the opportunity to, to be around other believers and to pour into them and let them pour into you. You need this family. I need this family. Sometimes, though, because I am who I am, one week a month, we just meet and eat. And we may bump that up to two if I feel like it. Because I like to eat. I'm playing, y'all. Personal application. Be a follower of Jesus that others can draw from. Whether you have been a believer for 30 years or 30 minutes, the Lord has gifted you with a a gift to bless his church. Whether you've been a believer for 30 years or 30 minutes, I promise you every other believer in this room has something to learn from you. You have something to offer. 
plug your gifts in so you become a blessing to either this body or the church where you go now. Our churches need you. This community needs your giftedness. Be that type of believer. Verses 17 through 19. I do want to read these again if if you're there. After coming down with them, this is Jesus, he stood on a level place with a large crowd of his disciples and a great number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him to be healed of their diseases and those tormented by unclean spirits were made well. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. Up is a growing knowledge and relationship with God. In is a growing knowledge and relationship with his people. Out changes a little. Out is directed at those who are not yet. Out is directed at those who are broken around us. But Jesus lived an up, in, and out life. And that is perfectly described in these scriptures. There were people that he came down from that meeting with God and that meeting with his disciples to. And and they were broken and they were hurting and they were sick. And he came down and they were trying to touch him because they knew power was in him. And let me tell you something, friend. You have something to offer out. Our community needs you to live out. And, and maybe, I'm, I'm wondering if, if sometimes our spiritual battles aren't caught up in needing to know another Bible study. But maybe, maybe right on the other side of our obedience in our out, there's another level of knowing God. Not another Bible study, but, but applying what we already know from the Bible. Knowing God is about knowledge. But let me tell you something, y'all. There is a level to knowing God that you cannot have until you do what he says in his word. You can know all about what God says about the fatherless, but you go care for the fatherless and watch that knowledge go to the next level. You may know everything God says in his word about redemption. But you, go, you, you start loving somebody who's in the middle of the worst mistake of their life. And you tell them, I'm going to be your friend no matter what happens. And you watch your knowledge of God's redemption go to the next level. There's a level of knowing God that you cannot have until you take a risk and do what he says. Sometimes your next step in knowing him is right on the other side of obedience. For the bridge, we have, um, in, in your seat, you should have this 
you should have this little handout with our logo on the top that says ministry strategy. And, and those are just a few things that we've, we've chosen to list today. We're growing in that. We're not, we haven't arrived that. We're, we're there yet. Uh, but these are some things that we're going to help people partner with to express their gifts and to, to go out. We're not going to have a whole lot of ministry out of place. Because there's plenty of places right now going around in our community that needs a little light. And we want to go there. We're wanting to go there. We can help you with that. But maybe you look at that and you're like, man, I don't, I don't fit any of these descriptions. Man, we, we want to help you use your giftedness. We want to help you use your strengths. We want to help you do what God has gifted you and called you to do. That's the commitment from the bridge. The personal application to this is to live a lifestyle of ministry and mission to those who are broken. There's folks at your workplace that need the light of Christ. There's people at Walmart that probably broke in front of you in that line that need a seat of kindness. There's folks in that car ride line that needs Jesus. <laughs> and when I get my truck, <laughs> it's going to be like do or die. We want to help set you up with a path to use your giftedness in the community, but we don't want to take from you the opportunities and put them into one hour that God has given you every day and every hour. Use your giftedness. Look for opportunities to share Christ, share his gospel with other people. We're fixing to sing a couple more songs one thing about a rented space is like you get it for this amount of time, you got to go, so the preacher's got to tighten up. <laughs> Did Kurt say that? Before we go, I, I do want to give you an opportunity. Maybe. Your walk with God has not meant anything to you because you've never asked for his expectations in it. Maybe your walk with God is, has been you praying a prayer, asking Jesus to save you, but you've never really asked Jesus, what do you want from me? And, and I don't want to get crazy here, but it's kind of like a friends with benefits type situation where, where we've said, I want the benefit that Christ offers me. I want to go to heaven. I, I don't want to go to hell when I die, but I don't want his lordship. Let me tell you something, friends. The creator of the uni universe don't play that game. We absolutely do not get Jesus the Savior without also getting Jesus King. Jesus, Lord. And, and maybe today you would say, I, I, I don't think I've ever placed my trust in both Jesus, Savior, who offers me heaven, but also Jesus, Lord, who's trying to give me this abundant life.
And today, for the first time ever, you want to say, hey, I, I, want, I want Jesus to be Savior, but I also want Jesus to be King. I want to give you that opportunity. There's two things you need for salvation. One is repentance. Turning away from our sins. And the other is faith in the beautiful work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I don't feel like it is a shameful thing to trust in the salvation of Jesus Christ. Anybody in here who is right with God has at one time in their life said, Jesus, I'm broken and I need you. If they have never said that, they are not right with God. So for you to make that proclamation today, for you to stand up today and say, I'm broken, Jesus, I need you, please save me. It's not a shameful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So, so today I'm, I'm not going to do uh, what you may expect me to do. I, I'm going to ask you to make a little bit of a commitment with me. I'm not going to have people bow their heads and close their eyes because this is not a shameful thing. This is a beautiful thing. But today, if you want to stand up out of your chair and say for the first, you don't need to be saved 15 times. But if you've you've never trusted Jesus, and this morning, you want to stand up out of your seat and say, I need to trust Jesus for the first time ever this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. With every head up and with every eye open. This is not an emotional thing. You don't need to do this for me. This doesn't do anything for me, and I can't do anything for you, but I know who can. This morning, right now, I'm totally comfortable with not a soul standing up or raising their hand. But if you want to trust Jesus with every head up and every eye open, I want to ask you to stand right now. If you're already standing, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray. And we're going to sing a few more songs. I hope that the message has allowed you uh, a little more passion to worship Jesus today. So let's sing these next few songs with glory and with power and let's worship him. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for these people who are here today. Thank you for blessing us with their presence. Father, I pray for them to have up, in, and out lives where they're constantly growing in your presence and in your power, and they're constantly being used by you. Father, I pray for them to have peace in their relationship with you because they're, they're getting to watch you work through them. Give them abundant life. Let us worship you freely today. If you want us to dance, I pray we dance. If you want us to raise our hands, I pray we don't wonder what anybody else is thinking next to us. I pray we would just raise our hands in freedom because you're good. If you want us to sit in our seat and contemplate silently the things you've said to our hearts, let us be free to do that as well. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.